0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If
2: you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to 100,000
1: plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company provided take home vehicle and gas card, company provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at
2: 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air
0: when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Sounded by Firemen. With Chris Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game.
3: It's the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Preston, Wes, and Chris in the studio now. And thankfully, unlike yesterday, they were actually in the studio when the show started. We didn't have to go out there and yell at them in the hallway. So welcome in, guys. Thanks for calling us out. Yeah, this uh, bus keep, I that I'm under right now. <laughs> Is, I was gonna uh, say
0: painful.
1: one day we were not even really late, but kind of sort of. Once enough. I, I was gonna so say we were not that late.
2: We were right we were outside.
1: Here. we were right outside. But then the other, I did think of this the other day. We were like, had our headphones all. We were in literally in here, but then our headphones are all messed.
3: I'll up. say there's been a couple of times where I, I've turned the mics on and you guys are. Still in there talking to each other, not aware we're on the air. So I'm keeping you honest. <laughs> just yeah. catching up mm-hmm. enjoying
2: each other's company. Mm-hmm. We want the people to just hear what we normally talk about. That's what we need uh, to do. We just need to turn the mics on and keep this very informal and just talk about it. Uh, what- no, no, we don't. Gamecock yeah. Central after hours. That's dangerous. That's my, that I might mean, get, it wouldn't last long. It might, it might get a little sticky. It'd be the end. Um, guys, so I want to talk real quick about something – non-Gamecock related, but related to college football, obviously. And the fact that while everybody else is struggling to keep quarterbacks, our guy Lane Kiffin is collecting quarterbacks. And so today, I believe this is pretty new. I think it happened in the last maybe hour or so. But Spencer Sanders, who was the Oklahoma State quarterback, that um, was actually really good there, I thought, um, has now committed to transfer to Ole Miss. Um, they got Jackson Dart back as well. Great name. He himself was a transfer quarterback. Where'd he come from?
4: USC. The other USC. Jackson yeah, Dart, USC. Yes. Yeah. Tyler, yep. Tyler,
2: you're rubbing off on me. I don't like it. The other USC. I'm getting better. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. And then... Um, They got the guy that Chris calls Walker Hayes, whose name is actually Walker Howard. Um, It's Walker Hayes. Texas Walker. Yeah, there you go. Let's just tie it all together. Uh, Name association, go. But um, he transferred in from LSU. So um, I don't know, man. I, I know playing for Lane Kiffin is like pretty QB friendly, you would say. But... This is on another level. I feel like you, you see quarterbacks get kind of stacked, I feel like, when they're freshmen coming in and, you know, there's a freshman, sophomore, junior, et cetera, and you see guys transfer out if they're not playing. I don't know if I've seen somebody just get this many transfers, like back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, uh, Dark transferring in last year and now Howard and then Spencer Sanders transferring in this off season.
4: Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I make fun of quarterbacks all the time, but honestly it is tough for them because there's only one. Mm -hmm. obviously, but you get all of the snaps, and it's not like that at any other position. And so that's why they have to be treated a little bit differently. That's why there's situations when you talk about stacking up rooms or accumulating talent. It's a very situation that you have to finesse a lot because they're just
2: different than the rest of the players on the team. I think it's the only position, too, where you don't just make a change based on play alone. Like if if a running back misses four blocks in a row because he's just out of it that day, you you just pull him and you have a conversation about it. And then you know you're going to put him right back in two drives later after he's had to think about it for a second. Receivers, those guys are rotating in and out anyway. Um, O-line, not as much of a rotation, But there's five spots. So it's like, all right, you got five chances. If you're a versatile guy and can play multiple spots, um, even if you're a tackle only, you got two tackle spots you could get. D-line, there may be a specific spot that fits you better, but there's at least four defensive linemen on the field. So quarterback, not only are you kind of in a situation where there's only one, that's so tied in, I feel like, to the psyche of your team. Coaches are hesitant. I think, to pull a guy because they don't want to present that, oh, coach isn't confident in me. So there, there's so many different elements to QB. And now, I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say there's such thing as, oh, we got too much quarterback talent in this locker room. Good problem to have. But it is something to manage, I think, if you're Lane Kiffin, because you end up, I mean, is this a real thing, Preston? Do you have factions of guys like oh that's my quarterback well nah man, this is my guy.
4: Yeah, absolutely depend Especially if they're very close in talent um, And it could so it might get into the receivers This way it gets real granular, but it might get into they just like his ball better They like the, mm-hmm. the way they like his ball or Maybe they like offensive linemen like this quarterback because he doesn't take as many sacks as the other guy or Maybe he calls the plays in a little bit more clearer direction, or he's able to get the audibles in. There's all sorts of factors that come in. And this is in a, a, a well-functioning team. There's still going to be, especially if you have two quarterbacks that are in a quote-unquote battle, people will be choosing up. And you'll go with the other side if they're both good, but you'll
1: have a preference. That's, that's, I think that's pretty fair. This is also fascinating because, like, Walker Howard, okay, he was a freshman this past year. At LSU. So, he moves somewhere. He's not necessarily going somewhere to, I'm going to win that starting job. Or I have to win that starting job. And, uh, by the way, there's another point. His LSU bio is still up. And it literally says, spent one season at LSU before entering the transfer portal. I have never seen that. sometimes guys' profiles get memory hold. uh That's what happens most of the time. There, There is some pettiness. Oh, big time. Especially, I feel like it's,
2: I feel like the portal has become such a thing now that's disappearing a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, when this first started, it was like, oh, you're entered in the transfer portal. You don't exist here <laughs> Ten anymore. seconds later. Like you would Google a guy and it, it was actually a huge pain <laughs> if you were writing about someone who's South Carolina, in our case, South Carolina was recruiting and you're looking for some official background, the place you look. Like for South Carolina, you look at Gamecocks online. That's the official bio of those players. And it's a pretty comprehensive list. A lot of times they did this as a junior, this as a freshman, etc., etc. You would Google it, and Google would still find it. And it'd be like, this guy's transferring from Tulane. And you click it, and it'd be 404 not found.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no bio for the you, man. You're going to hit the portal? No, you're getting 404 yeah, So LSU just leaned all the way in. Right. Like, yeah. This I, res- guy was I respect. I kind of like it. I mean, you might as well. But it, the the point is a little bit different for Walker Howard. Now, Spencer Sanders is one year left. Jackson Dart I think will be a junior this year, and so was just reading something on OM Spirit, the Ole Miss side on on three. Here is what they say. Um, of course, Ole Miss had a couple of quarterbacks that left the team aside from Dart, but it says that. Uh, the coaching staff wanted an experienced backup behind Jackson Dart. Okay, so Spencer Sanders, now they could be getting that wrong. Lane Kiffin could be looking at that saying, well, that's stupid. I'm I'm having an open competition for my quarterback job. They also mentioned that maybe Spencer Sanders is someone that they can implement into the offense as a run threat. He's also a really good passer. He's more mobile than Jackson Dart. As like a change-up. Yeah, like as a change-up. But, but this guy is not a change-up quarterback. Like, he is a quarterback. He just happens to have that mobility. Um, I mean, he was like an all... I mean, he was a former Big 12 player of the year, you know? I mean, he put up big numbers passing. So it is kind of an interesting move that for his last year, he's going to a quarterback room that... I mean, yeah, Walker Howard, former five-star freshman, and then you got Jackson Dart, but if Jackson Dart is super entrenched as the starter, that's a really interesting move. Maybe he's been told that Jackson Dart is not super entrenched as a starter. I'm
2: going to all but guarantee when Spencer Sanders met with the staff at Ole Miss and met with Lane Kiffin and... They probably hopped on a Zoom at some point too, or a FaceTime. And, you know, I'm sure he visited at some point. I haven't followed it, uh, to be honest with you. But I can all but guarantee you part of the pitch did not include, hey, man, we just want you to come in here and hang out behind Jackson Dart. That's going to get you ready for the NFL. That's going to get you ready for the next level. I know you were starting at Oklahoma State and through for, hold on, wait for it. 9,553 yards in your career at Oklahoma State and 67 touchdowns. But we want you to come in and be the backup.
1: Just come in and run the ball a little bit. Yeah, we we want you to come in and be (laughs) Tim Tebow
2: freshman year version at Florida. Doesn't make a lot of sense. No, that's not a thing. So if, again, from a roster building standpoint, from a Lane Kiffin standpoint, If this guy wants to come to your team, I get it. I understand it. At the same time, I wonder first QB meeting if those two guys are sharing notes on what Jackson Dart's being told and what Spencer Sanders is being told because if I'm Jackson Dart, I'm like, wait a second, Coach. I get you bringing in the young guy because I'm not going to be here forever, but you just brought in a senior? I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. All right. I I gotta fight for my job. I don't care what's being I feel like what's being floated out there might be um a little source usage yep. from the internal staff, like, all right, yeah, 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 this is not a this is not a quarterback controversy, guys. This is why Spencer Sanders is here. However, internally, it's a little bit different, I would think. <sighs> The way y'all just laid it out, that's that's has
4: a lot of opportunity to get really messy. I didn't think about anything y'all said until you said that part about Spencer Sanders being a senior. So he's not coming there <laughs> to just hang out. It's
1: not Walker Howard. Yeah, like, you, Walker Howard, right. may yeah. he may end up being ticked off of, man, I thought yeah, I was going to cool, get but, start, can, but he's a freshman. Yeah, I can wait. He might look at what LSU's doing on offense, and his dad played there, by the way. He might look at LSU, what they're doing on offense, and then look at Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and say, "That looks a lot better." And they've got a couple underclassmen, you know, or upperclassmen, excuse me. And I feel like I can beat them out. If not this year, then I'll have my chance sooner than later.
4: Well, that's where that's and that's how these situations get a little bit dicey because sometimes, let's say, if we're we were in the same recruiting class, we both know each other, we've been together for years, and you beat me out. But well, we're still cool because we're still boys. We're still <laughs> friends aside from football. We're still good good friends. Of course I would want to play, but that's that's a those those types of things happen. But I don't know you. You coming in from a whole other town, whole other team, with your own ego. You threw for nine thousand yards, you're obviously good. There's gonna be some competitive friction in that room, regardless of what anybody says. That's just how it's
2: supposed that's just how it works. And I, I knew Sanders was good. I, I didn't like I don't watch a ton of Big 12 ball. Like, I watch if it's, like, the big game that week. Um, but just to give everybody an idea, four-year starter. Um, so I guess he's using his additional year. Four-year starter. Um, they went to the Big 12 championship last year with him as the quarterback. Uh, they went to a bowl game every good. every year prior. And he if he were to start this year, he would surpass almost guaranteed – He would be a 10,000-yard passer in his career and a 2,000-yard rusher. There can't be many guys that have have hit that. Now, again, you're talking, in a sense, you're you're apples to oranges in that it would be a fifth year of actually playing on the field. But he's rushed for 1,956 yards and 18 touchdowns on the ground in his career. So, um, again, nearly 10,000 yards passing, 67 touchdowns in the air, and uh, almost 2,000 yards rushing his career so it it is to me I mean this is purely an off season conversation I get it uh you it's never a bad thing to add talent but you there is some risk I think involved and I promise you Spencer Sanders didn't commit to Ole Miss thinking how fun it would be to watch from the sideline as Jackson Dart runs this offense
3: and with that we'll run into a timeout but before we do we have pair of tickets to give away for this Saturday's men's basketball game as they take on Auburn. Be the fifth caller at 803-404-6100 for your chance to win those tickets. We'll be right back with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Tyler, Preston, Wes, and Chris right here. 1075.
0: Makes a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews. And you've got the Rich Eisen Show Podcast. Daniel Jeremiah here in the Prospect Stock Watch. You look at the draft order. Who who are you hearing first overall? To me, Bryce Young, I don't think he's for every team. I like the fact that you go to Houston and play in a dome. It's warm weather, road games for the most part. That's an ideal environment for him. People ask for comparisons. And I said, yeah, if you left Aaron Rodgers in the dryer too long, you get Bryce Young. (laughs) The Rich Eisen Show Podcast. Wherever you listen. Game. sit by Firehouse Subs. Sounded by Fireman with Chris, Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell. Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Back here on the
3: Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, West, Chris, and Preston along with you. You can hit us on the Firehouse Subs text line at 803 404 6,100, got a lot of games coming up this week, have women's basketball in action tonight, men going to be in action on Saturday, and of course you have the slot of NFL games going on this weekend. When you watch sports at home, though, you want to have the right setup to do it with.
1: Absolutely, and the team to help you do that is Michael Nathan and the guys at Integrated Media. Do y'all ever go through your house and you're like, this ain't good enough? Mm -hmm. It it could be anything. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it can be with your audio visual setup. And so the team at Integrated Media can help you with everything from mounting a TV to doing an entire smart home system where you can control your lights and your devices and your home security all through your cell phone, whether or not you're at home. Hit them up and they can, you can see what they can do for you. IntegratedMediaInc.com or you can give Integrated Media a call, 803 803- Nine four eight eighty three twenty seven. The cool thing is you can see some of the things that they've done. If you don't, if you need some ideas, some inspiration, check them out on Instagram, integrated underscore media underscore Columbia, or you can hit them up on Facebook and see some pictures of what they've done. They will also, when they come out to your home, uh, they will also be able to do like 3D renderings, Wes, of, uh, of some different things. So you can see exactly how it's going to look and then they'll match it. So it'll actually look like that. So Always good stuff from the team at Integrated Media again 803-948-8327. Getting high tech with the um, preview. Well, I mean, but but the thing is, like Pretty you cool. don't you don't want to spend all this money and have somebody do something and like you have no clue what it's going to look like. True, true, true. So they'll give you an idea and then they'll execute it for you. Pretty awesome. Uh, guys, I teased yesterday we we're going to talk
2: about some rankings and some South Carolina guys. And uh, shameless plug, we had Charles Power on uh, the GC podcast yesterday. So if you if you want to like dive into this uh, a little bit deeper, go check that out. It's also on our YouTube page, uh, Gamecock Central. But we're talking about these final rankings. And I, I think, first of all, worth pointing out, because there's a confusion that's out there, I think, within the rankings universe, I think. Own 3, which Gamecock Central is affiliated with, has its own system of rankings. Like, their guys put together these rankings just like any other site. You also have the Own3 consensus. The Own3 consensus is an equally uh, weighted average. So, it's Own3, 7 Sports, ESPN, and Rivals.com. So, basically, um, that's more of like a complete recruiting industry look at where guys are ranked. And... So the cool thing if you go to the commitment list on Gamecock Central right now is you can actually see a comparison of where the various sites have each South Carolina commitment slash signee slash target, whatever it may be. It's all on there. So in the case of ON3, I think this is really intriguing, Chris. ON3, which uh, again, Charles Power is the director of scouting and rankings on ON3. The two guys that are the highest graded, the highest ranked are actually two guys that I would say did not garner a ton of fanfare for most of the process. And um, South Carolina's highest ranked prospect is actually now, according to own three, Vakari Swain. And uh, it's kind of funny if, if Vakari had the ranking that he has from On three now, um, like throughout the industry, and a year earlier, this is a guy South Carolina fans would have been following every step of the way. Where is he visiting? Where is he going? Um, and, and as it turns out, he ends up being a high four-star on all 3 and actually a mid-to-high four-star on 24-7 sports as well. So both of those sites are in agreement that this is a great pickup for South Carolina um, but but on three, way up there, has him as the number 51 overall prospect in the country. Um, Preston, what you thinking over there, man?
4: Yeah, I had a question from yesterday when you started teasing, and I was thinking this. What, and we don't have to talk about Vicaris specifically, or we can, but what makes somebody rise in rankings throughout the evaluation process?
1: That's a good question. So, I think it's hard to give a blanket statement because you think about, say, the four different recruiting companies, and there's obviously a team of individuals within each of those companies, and they're going to value different things. It's hard to say. We we right now have more knowledge of, say, how On3 values things, how Charles Powers specifically. So we can stay there. so, So, yeah. So we'll stay with him. And we actually asked him about that yesterday. He told us that he values the senior season a lot. Um. Because it's the closest data point you have to college. And in the case of Swain, Lenora Sellers, the case of Jalen Kilgore, who I think Wes is the sixth highest ranked guy in the class now, according to just on threes rankings. You know, when a guy has a huge senior season, you value that. Um, Charles also talks a lot about data just in terms of like track times, measurables. He was telling us, do you remember Vakari's broad jump number? I think it was an 11 6. 11 something. Which is insane. And for a comparison point, he said, hey, Julio Jones from Alabama, when he was coming out of high school, one of the free wide receivers that, you know, he scouted and certainly see what he did in Alabama and the NFL, he had like an 11 3 like as a senior. So,
4: Which, which, this will give me a quick chance to plug for any athletes who are probably not listening, but if your parents listening, have your athletes run track. Do those things because besides the fact that it's another competition, it's another sport, it's another opportunity to compete, there is value, there is recruiting value in having to participate in those sports.
1: And you don't want to go only on I'm, a little bit of a tangent from what Charles looks at, but, like, I always think about Darius Rush. So when USC took him uh, under Will Muschamp, he was still pretty raw. Mm-hmm. He was brought in as a receiver. Like, we saw him in camp. You could see the athleticism, but what we, what we kept hearing about from people we talked about close to the program at that time was this kid has this one, he's long, he's got this height, he'll fill out, he runs this, he broad jumps this, and so you kind of go then to the traits, and then you can develop a guy, and that's exactly what happened with Darius. But, but Vicari Swain, when you look at, first of all, you look at his tape, that's another thing, I mean, the tape's got to be good too. You can't have an eleven six broad jump and, Run fast. I mean, th- those are great traits, but you got to be able to turn on the tape and have it match. And he just raved about Swain's tape. So that's a big part of it, too.
4: All right. So the part two to that question is if somebody's rising and there's somebody falling, if somebody's falling, what could those things possibly mean? Is it just relative to other people rising or could it actually mean something?
2: I, I think it can be both. Like sometimes, um, and that's why it's important to look at both the rating. And the ranking, so the rating would be like four star, and then there are these like subcategories that's just a number higher the better. Like Lenore Sellers' rating is a ninety five, Valkari Swain's rating is a ninety seven. So you could potentially fall back in the rankings maybe ten spots, but if your rating is the same, that's probably just more a product of hey nine guys jumped basically. You're the same player. And you're really splitting hairs at that point. And you're you're also, if you start talking about national rankings, you're comparing, you know, a cornerback to an offensive tackle. to there. There's not a ton of difference between like 10 spots within a national ranking unless you even maybe get to kind of those top few guys. Even then, there's not, I think there's maybe a dividing line somewhere in there, but from year to year, it's probably at a different place, a different number. Um, But you do have guys that, I would say a lot of times when guys fall, it's just um, when these rankings and ratings start, you're dealing with such incomplete information. And it's more, hey, maybe this guy just got bigger and faster than everybody else earlier. And by the time his senior year came, everybody else sort of started to catch up. And it was like he was just an early developer as opposed to actually being more athletic than everybody else, and I, I think you'll see guys fall, or you'll you'll see guys where sometimes it'll be like, you yeah, know, this guy's maybe just reached his potential already, um, not a lot of upside to go, and, and guys will drop, and that's um, that's when I think you see the biggest like negative reaction from parents, from recruits themselves, from a fan base when a guy's been like an early four-star and then you see him sort of slowly, it, it kind of adjusts and they're, they end up not being that by the end. And nobody wants to be like, oh, this guy had a terrible senior year. That's why <laughs> that doesn't go ever well. But a lot, of, I mean, I feel like that does happen. Like you get, yeah. a, get a few extra looks at a guy and you're like, he just has not developed. And the rankings start so early. Yeah. It's like
1: what you are as a sophomore is not, who you are as a player, as a senior. Well, and guys like Charles are under, um, and he does such a good job, I mean, but but they're under immense pressure to rank a guy when he's four years old. You know, it, it's kind of like, guys, you know, we don't, you know, that, that's the first thing. I mean, you talk about a kid from, say, I mean, gosh, we're now we're starting to cover the 2026 class. Not heavily, but there's there's some trickling out there, you know, like national-level guys and so, but what's he ranked? It's like, well, he's not ranked yet. You know, because you, you, the public, like, wants you to rank a guy, and then if you do rank him, it's like Wes said, it's very, at that point especially, very, very incomplete, very inexact science at that age. But then later, when you have to adjust that ranking because of new data, updated data, why'd you rank that guy so early? You know what I mean? So it, it is very tough. These guys have a hard job, and... A lot of times you look at players who have, you know, such and such ranking. I mean, Wes and I hear this a lot, and i certainly not complaining about it, but it's just reality that, hey, well, Pup Howard, for example, like really good prospect, top 200 prospect um, on, on three and the consensus, I think. People are like, well, this kid should be a five-star. He's, re- he's really, really good. And, and so you kind of have to realize, well, a five-star is basically saying you're going to be a first-round pick. It's, there's about thirty. I think right now there's thirty two of them on all three. Yeah, to to match to th- match the first round yeah. of the draft. Yeah, and that's and Charles to your to your question, Preston really values NFL projections. Ultimately, yeah, how good are you going to be in college? But can this guy go and eventually be a first round pick in the NFL? Because we see some guys that are first round picks, and you're like, why would they take that guy? And then he develops even in the league. You know, yeah, that's another another strong so, point. So. A guy being ranked as a four-star top 200 in the country is a huge compliment. It is not a diss. <laughs> That's saying you're going to be drafted in the NFL. That is an absolutely elite football player. You know
3: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, we'll continue this conversation on the other side. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Tyler, Preston, Wes, and Chris here on 107.5 The Game
0: by firehouse subs founded by firemen with chris clark, clark and wes mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 the game
3: back in on the Gamecock cox central takeover hour tyler preston wes and chris along with you hit us on the firehouse subs text line 803 404 6100 speaking of firehouse subs if i were to go down there today what sub of the day could i enjoy
1: different locations of Firehouse Subs and get your Firehouse Subs Sub of the Day. Today's Sub of the Day, Spicy Cajun Chicken, you can order it by going to firehousesubs.com, ordering through the Rapid Rescue. You can even, if you hit us up on the Firehouse Subs text line with Gamecock football thoughts, thoughts on rankings, tell us your favorite sandwich, that's 8034 6100 Firehouse Subs text line. You actually, when you send your take, you get a link back firehousesubs.com, to order through the Rapid Rescue, or you can go to the Firehouse Subs app, join the rewards program. Again, that's the sub of the day. five ninety nine for a small, seven ninety nine for a medium. At any one of the 14 Midlands locations, spicy Cajun chicken today on Thursday.
3: I want to throw you guys this question that we got from the Firehouse Subs text line going back to the conversation, having right before the break there. This is an unnamed texter. They didn't leave their name. But they ask, how accurate or precise is a ranking for a five-star running back, given that that position doesn't really get taken in the first round of the NFL draft anymore? That's a really good question. I,
2: I think it's a great question. Um, you know, Chris, I think that you look at that position, and yes, there is an aspect where it is not as valued um, at the NFL level. And that is probably baked in to an extent within the rankings but also don't I think there's not like a hard and fast thing here where if a guy is a running back and has all the other traits you're looking for he's not going to be kept out of the five star conversation just because of NFL draft trends.
4: Yeah, I, I would imagine this this deal is if if there was a running back picked in the first round this would be one of those guys.
2: Yeah, and I I tend to think ranking guys five stars might actually be the easiest part of ranking guys. Now, now, whether you're, whether you're like where you put them within them being a five-star, like is he number 10? Is he number 20? Is he number three? All that's a little bit more difficult. For the most part, I feel like when you see a five-star,
4: <laughs> you just know it. I coached high school football for 12 years and off the top, yeah, I, I saw, like, five of them. You know, obviously, uh, J.D., saw Clowney, saw Steph. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Jordan Adams ever got to five-star ranking, but he might have been four-star, but he was one of the best players I've ever seen on the field. And it's pretty slim pickings after that. If i really trying to think of who was a five-star guy, that's probably,
2: that's probably it. I felt like Jordan Adams had definitely five-star athleticism like you watched oh, yeah. him and you were just like this kid is explosive it was crazy beyond belief um and then you had the factor with him of all right well is he ever going to see a college football field because of the mlb um and i think he is he still with the angels organization i guess he probably is
4: still with the angels organization I, i've said it before but one of the greatest games that i had the privilege of i was coaching him but i was really just watching it was uh to carry on was playing quarterback, and Jordan was playing quarterback for us, and those two were just going back and forth. And it was you are just watching these two superior athletes that offer everybody in the field. But as you say, those dudes weren't even four, five star guys. Mm-hmm. So I guess I maybe only only saw two. Did you see Lattimore, not in person, no. So I'm obviously I seen him play, but we didn't coach against him.
1: Yeah, yeah. To to the unnamed textures question, too. I will say, at least this year, and matching so matching the last draft data that we have, which is obviously 2022, with this cycle of the On 300, which is, on th- again, On 3's individual rankings, not the consensus average. Um, last year, no first-round running backs. Um, the first one taken was early in the second round. It was Brees Hall from Iowa State, um, and then Kenneth Walker got taken as well in the second round. He's doing work. He's, he's doing work. I'm trying to say he was really good. I mean, both of those guys are really, really good at the college level. And I'm trying to look. James Cook from Georgia was taken in the second round. He was kind of more of a, uh, like a, I don't know. He's kind of versatile. Like, he was used in the slot, sweeps, things like that at the college level, too. Looks like those are the only guys that were taken at running back. So, again, no first-rounders in 2022 and three guys, it looks like, um, from what I'm seeing here in the third round. And you look at on three's rankings, the on three hundred for 2023. Only one five star running back is Cedric Baxter, who's committed to Texas from Florida, number 28. So he's at the back end of the on three hundred, and then the next guy is Ruben Owens out of Texas, who's a four star, number 34. So, just 1 5 star back. So I think they've kind of matched up mm-hmm. that data point a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, great
2: great text. Um you should have given your name. It was a great text, but it was. I uh I don't think I really thought about that at all until it was brought up. So uh yeah, good text and you know, five five star back, high four star back. Like there there is a difference, but maybe not a ton of difference, but I I think certainly the it seems like the draft um trends are affecting what that looks like. Um, by the way, with Jordan, did you ever watch him swing a bat? Like did you ever watch him hit? Yes. Holy cow! Yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, I, you know, he. I know he had that viral dunk that that went viral. That was yes, on Sports Center yes, and all that. Yes, yes. But it was crazy. He used to play intramural, and the the school would come watch him play intramural basketball at lunch, and he was just put on a show for it. he he. Probably... Not probably. He's the best athlete I've ever seen uh, in
2: person that coached younger, for sure. Yeah. By I, far. And even that, like, you don't have to be a baseball scout. Like, yeah. you watch that guy hit. Yeah. And the the way... I always look at it like this. The way the ball jumps either out of the hand or off the bat of a guy that's, like, projected first or second round pick, it's hard to describe, but it's just different. Like, you... It's actually quite humbling, I feel like, because you're like, that's not a normal human being. Uh, I watched um, Tucker Tolman, who, uh, you know, is at Hammond. I actually saw him play basketball um, as maybe a sophomore or junior. He was on that team with Boogie and Birch and um, several other guys that were playing sports, um, playing different sports at the college level. But uh, Tucker Tolman, saw him play, just watched him throw across the diamond. You're like, the ball just, like, Comes out differently. So I feel like five star guys, it's just, you throw in the film or if you go watch them in person, it's just different and you don't really have to be an expert to to notice it.
4: To that point, uh, Grayson Griner mm-hmm. was, was out at Blythwood. I remember watching him when he was coming up and it was like, oh, he's he's going to be great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you could just see that sort of, you
3: saw that building along the way. Let me throw you guys one more question from the text line. This one comes from Josh and he asked, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing here. How much do mechanics factor into a star raking? Because you look at an NFL potential overall, because you look at a guy like Tim Tebow, who was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school, whose mechanics weren't supposed to translate to the NFL. He did still end up becoming a first-round pick. We obviously know how his career ended up. But in most cases, a guy like him wouldn't be thought of as a first-round pick. He was just wildly successful in college. How much do those mechanics factor into that rating?
4: That, whoo that's Man, a good some qu- really that's good a, ones. that's a great questions as far as mechanics the best thing i heard about mechanics from my guy uh Benis swagger quarterback's coach he compared throwing mechanics to liking it to a jump shot whereas everybody's going to have different mechanics as long as they can hit certain checkpoints throughout the mechanics you know like clearing your hips getting your elbow in whatever the case is but how you get from a to b to c is going to be completely different now obviously Tebow had a very unorthodox looking style. But if you watch anybody in the NFL, if you watch some of these NFL quarterbacks that are playing now, nobody especially, and it's going to probably this is going to be weird, especially your five-star guys. Those are probably going to be guys who are more likely are going to have quirks
1: mm-hmm. in the mechanics because nobody's going to really spend a lot of time coaching those dudes because they got it. And I feel like if Tebow he was in the 2006 class and the consensus is kind of messed up for him because of how old, I'm not calling him old. He, he, is, is, he is, though. Yeah, you you mean, he's, he's around our era. But he was a five-star, number 22 nationally on the rivals and the number one dual-threat quarterback in the country, which is, you know, fair. I feel like if he came along in the 2023 class, he would kind of, like, break the brains of the ranking people because you have a deal where you're trying to, like, factor in the NFL projection, and you're probably looking at Tebow going, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's a first-rounder. But then he won the Heisman, and he was amazing, you know? I mean, ask anybody that watched South Carolina, Florida. I mean, Tebow destroyed mm-hmm. – he destroyed everybody. But, you know, not a great NFL projection as as we saw, like from a long-term standpoint. So he he's a really tough one. It's also a little bit of a different era. So if you're talking about mechanics now – people just want to see that you can make all the throws and they want to make the off-platform throws. So if you're throwing sidearm, three-quarters, sideways, behind your back, however it looks, people are like, yeah, I like that. It's just a different era.
2: Yeah, the, the trends are different now, I think. And some of it is based on who your coach is as well. I mean... Steve Spurrier still wanted... He wanted all of his quarterbacks to drop back with the same exact mechanics, the high ball placement. That's why, up. That's why I say he loved Dylan
4: Thompson so much. He's like,
2: oh, this is my this guy. Is, this is perfect. The high <laughs> by the ear. My perfect quarterback. Drop back. Um, He wants like robo QB. Mm-hmm. Whereas more and more, I think guys are looking for short stops to play quarterback. Like the ability to just whip the ball from different angles. But to Preston's point... I think it's more about the thing with Tebow wasn't necessarily that, um, oh, it looks weird, it looks different. It was that it had such a loop to it Mm -hmm. that you're saying in the NFL, uh, for one, that's going to be a slower release and it's going to put the ball in danger a bit more. When in the NFL, we know you've got guys around you about to hit you um, or sticking their arms out at all times. So I think it was more maybe Tebow... Isn't hitting those landmarks with his uh, technique that you're talking about uh, that Swigert mentioned? Like he's probably not getting to those points that mm-hmm. were mentioned. Whereas these days, I don't, I don't know if you can change a whole. You can tweak. That's what he said. I don't know if you can completely change it, and if it's successful, I don't know why you would. His uh, point was more to,
4: more towards if we don't have that much time. Let's not waste time on trying to get it the way I want it to look. If you're making the throws,
2: yeah, if, 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 I mean we're watching Lamar Jackson right now. He just threw that ball three quarters. That ball is three quarters. You just remember the
4: throws that he used to make in Louisville, and when he used to. That's why Lamar is such an interesting case because obviously his legs, people are attracted to him. But when he would just sit back in the pocket and throw, he would make every throw that you needed him to make. And mm-hmm. it was always fascinating. I wanted to come back to this. And I
3: don't know if we're are we coming up on the break, time. Yeah, we'll hit our last break. We'll have a minute or two at the other side.
4: What I want to come back on after the break, you said five stars are easy to identify. So tell me what makes somebody a three-star or a four-star on the other side.
3: Yeah, we'll hit that on the other side. Listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game.
0: Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Sounded by Firemen with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Uh, Back in on the
3: Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. A couple more minutes to wrap up your Thursday. Preston posed a good question right before we went to break.
4: Yeah, the question was essentially... We kind of figured out that if you see a five-star, you know that when you see it, it's not that difficult. But I think recruiting services and Wes and Chris, you probably make your money on distinguishing who are four-stars and who are three-stars. What are some of the things that y'all look for to tell those differences?
2: Yeah, and I, Chris, do you know the actual, like, on three technical difference between a three-star and a four-star?
1: Yeah, I don't know if they have the explanation like Rivals had back in the day of we think a three-star is like, yeah, you know, a starter, You know, I don't think they have that.
2: So I, I look at it, and, I, and we don't do the actual rankings at all. Um, if somebody asks my opinion, you know, I'll give it. But the guys who are doing the rankings, like they're literally watching hours and hours and hours of, of film to compare them. But I look generally your three-star guys, if you want to just talk about how they perform in college, it's more of like this is a guy who is going to project to be a starter and is going to play, is going to impact but doesn't necessarily have the upside to be that top three, four-round NFL pick. So a lot of times these will be your guys that they're missing something, like maybe they're not quite big enough, not quite fast enough for what the standard, like, quote-unquote, is. You always see guys that outplay their measurables. But the upside is just limited, but you're still saying this is a great a great height. Let's get any three-star... Is a great high school football player. He still was really good on his team, but just is missing some of that upside from being that four or five star guy. I look at the four stars two two ways. Either one, they are a, they have that upside, like they have an incredible upside, great athlete, but maybe just are incredibly raw. So that is keeping them from kind of making that sure. Your five stars, you want to just be surefire. I feel like where or it's the other end and it's like, man, this guy is like one of the best players in the entire country, but just doesn't quite have that five star upside. Um, You know, Pup Howard. When we talked to Charles Power yesterday, he was talking about, you know, there may there probably is an argument that Pup could be higher rated. He's a top 200 player in the country. He's missing that extra little boost into five-star status just because um, his measurables aren't off the charts for a linebacker. But you watch him play, and he's a stat stuffer. Like, he fills it up. um, Middle linebacker guy that's going to have, you know, in high school, he's collecting, like, 15 tackles a game just because he is the best player on the field, bar none. And he's just running through people. But when you start projecting him out and saying, you know, is this a – NFL first round pick um right now based on measurables probably not so i think there's there's like a floor with a lot of these guys and there's a ceiling that you're constantly trying to sort of weigh
4: yeah and I, and, and to wrap it up in case that worries you remember the NFL is made up very few first round picks most of the NFL is your second yeah. third fourth round dude
3: so if your team is recruiting some guys that are projected to be in the NFL they still have a chance to do really mm-hmm. well in college a great conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. We can certainly continue this tomorrow as we wrap up your week. Uh, it's for Tyler, Preston, Wes, and Chris. This has been the Game Croc Central Takeover Hour, the halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next, right here, 107 5 the game.
4: We're all juggling life, a career, and trying to build a little bit of wealth. The Brown Ambition Podcast with host Mandy and Tiffany, the Nista can help. It's time for the B-A-Q-A-A. The B-A-Q-A. What you say? The B-A-A. Brown Ambition, question, answers. You have questions. We have some answers. We are not your therapist. are not your financial advisor, your attorney. But we are two smart
0: brown girls when it comes to money, career, business. Brown Ambition. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.